Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. One of the most important things that God has ever done is that He has justified those who receive the gospel. And that justification is forever because of the sufficiency and even we can say the perfection of Messiah's work. He was successful and therefore we receive the eternal benefits. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Romans in chapter 3. In this passage, Paul is going to make a very clear case for rightly understanding the law and how one is justified. Now, in the biblical language, there is a relationship between being justified and being righteous. In the New Testament language, Greek, it is the same word. So when we are justified, we become righteous, and therefore, we can be in a relationship with God. We will be invited into his kingdom where we will spend eternity with him. So he wants to reveal to this congregation in Rome, and we have the benefit today of being also able to read and understand this wonderful message of justification by faith. So let's begin, take out your Bibles, look with me to the book of Romans, chapter 3, and we're going to begin in verse 21. Now remember what that previous verse said, we studied it at the end of last week, where Paul boldly proclaims, it is evident that no flesh, that means no human being, is justified by works of the law. But rather, we're going to see, as the Torah declares in the life of Abraham, that one is justified, made righteous by faith. So notice what he says, verse 21. He says, but now, that means in our present time, because of what Yeshua has done, his death, being buried, and God receiving his work of salvation for us, by raising him from the dead. But now, apart from the law, meaning this had nothing to do with one keeping the law, doing the law. He couldn't say it any clearer. Again, verse 21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being testified by the law and the prophets, meaning this. You can see God's plan for justification, his plan to take sinners like you and me and make us righteous. You can see that being testified to, revealed where? In the law itself and also in the prophets. Now, when we come across that term, the law and the prophets, that is a colloquium for the scripture, the Bible. So all he's saying is this, the Bible has declared, revealed, 
it testifies that one is made righteous, he is justified, that involves the forgiveness of sins, the grace of God, not from the works of the law, but rather apart from the law. The law reveals it, but it is not part of the means. Doing the law, anything connected to the law, is not the cause, the instrument of salvation. What is it? Look again at verse 21. But now apart, separated from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, testified, being testified by the law and the prophets. Verse 22. But the righteousness of God through faith, faith of Yeshua HaMashiach, believing in Jesus Christ. That faith is, notice what it says, it is for all and upon all, meaning this. This is simply the Greek way in Konea Greek of saying, it is for all, but it's also available. It's upon all, meaning it's accessible. God takes that message, and God's desire is that it's been proclaimed throughout the world. In fact, when we read, for example, in Matthew 24 and verse 14, the end will not come. The end of this age will not come until that gospel is fully proclaimed to all the nations of the earth as a testimony. What gospel? The gospel of the kingdom. Why is it called the gospel of the kingdom? Because it's the message, the good news, how one enters into the kingdom of God. And we enter in as righteous, the righteousness of Messiah. What good news. So again, verse 22, but the righteousness of God through faith, the faith in and of Messiah Yeshua, for all, for all humanity, and upon all, it is available to all humanity. But here's the key. How do I access it? What must I do? It says, the ones believing. Now, the ones believing, it goes back to a Torah truth. What we've spoken of several times and what Paul's going to, to emphasize in the weeks to come. And that is that passage from Genesis 15, verse 6, where it says that Abraham believed in God, that same word. He believed in God and God accounted it to him as righteousness, meaning this. Abraham reached a new condition, a new status as righteous, not through doing the law, obviously, as we learned a few weeks ago. That law was not given until 400 years later. How could Abraham be justified, be declared righteous by the law if the law didn't exist? Now, I realize that in Judaism, they will say that the Torah is eternal. There's no biblical basis for that. In fact, we know it's not eternal because the Torah will not be in the new Jerusalem. How can I be so sure? Because the Bible says there's no temple. The rabbis correctly state today without a temple, the Torah cannot be kept. It's not in force. Now, don't make an error that most people did. Because the Torah is not the cause, the instrument of salvation. They just want to set it aside, say it has no relevance. Paul, as we're going to see, does not say that. He says the opposite. He simply says it's not the instrument 
of salvation. Now look at the last part of verse 22. In this proclamation that is for all humanity, and it's extended to all humanity, it says, for there is not any distinction. Now this means that the gospel, and only the gospel, without any difference, no distinction, it is the plan of salvation, the only plan for all humanity. Without distinction, meaning there's no difference for a Jewish person or a Gentile. It is the only way to be declared righteous by God, and that is through faith. Verse 23, it says here once again, a word that appears frequently in this section of chapter 3 is a word we can translate it into English as simply the word all or every, meaning everyone. No distinction. It is for all humanity, and that's why it says, for all have sinned and, and this next phrase means to fall short, to be inadequate, to lack. We lack God's glory. Now, there's an inherent relationship between righteousness and glory. When we are behaving righteously, the glory of God is manifested. So it says here, verse 23, a very well-known scripture, for all, all humans, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And notice what he speaks of in the next verse. Having spoken of, fallen short of the glory of God, but he says, one is justified. Again, same word, one is made righteous. How? The next word. It's taken from a Greek word, doron, which means gift. But here in this condition, this, this form of the word, it means freely. So having been justified freely, how? Well, if we're talking about redemption, when you hear that term redemption, a very important term should come into your mind, and that is blood. What does the scripture say? Without the shedding of blood, there is no, most scholars will say, remission of sin, but it's the word related to redemption. There is no redemption without blood. And that's why he says, look at verse 24. Being made righteous freely by his grace through redemption. The redemption that is in Messiah Yeshua, whom God has set before, and here it is, as a propitiation. Why is that important? Well, this word, has to do with something that's better. So in the Greek, we're talking about something that comes through redemption. Remember, there's no redemption without the shedding of blood. Whose blood? Messiah's blood. And God, it says here, look very carefully. It says, being justified or being made righteous, same word, freely, by his grace, through, that means through or because of redemption, and redemption is inherently related to blood, in Messiah Yeshua, which God has set before as a propitiation by means of faith, and here it is, in his blood. Now, we should anticipate if we know theolog theological terms, when we're talking about redemption and the grace of God, forgiveness being made righteous obviously 
that key element for redemption is blood. So it's faith in what he's done when he died upon the cross and shed his blood. And he's done that. Why? Keep reading in the middle of verse 25. For the manifestation, for the showing, the demonstration, for the showing of his righteousness by means of, and notice this next term, it's a term that speaks about God's patience, God's uh, uh, slow to anger. It's a word which means to suspend, or in some cases, to overlook. But not to continuously overlook, but just simply for a season, for a moment. And this is what the scripture is saying. God, for a season, for a moment, he suspended. What did he suspend? His anger, his wrath, his judgment. Has humanity deserved it? Yes, we have. We are sinful. We are rebellious. What did we learn last week? We are like an open grave, meaning we're dangerous and full of that which is, is impure, that which is defiled. Defilement, God won't bless that. So there's nothing good, nothing positive in humanity apart from God in us and working through us. But nevertheless, we were deserving of God's judgment, his punishment. Why? We're guilty. But God for a season, he suspended that. He dealt kindly. As it says in the scripture in the book of Psalms, frequently, God does not totally destroy but he withholds himself it's a word of restraint why whenever he does that it's always to give time for repentance but in this case it's also related to until messiah came and did that work of redemption that he became that propitiation for our sin in order that we could be justified by faith through his blood so we read here, second part of verse 25, for the showing of his righteousness through this suspension having to do with the sins that happened previously. So instead of like he did in the days of Noah, where he brought forth his judgment, did that generation of Noah and before, did they deserve that flood? Yes, they did. But God, who is merciful, he suspended judgment from humanity for the purpose of Messiah taking on human flesh, doing his work, bringing about redemption, and giving an opportunity for that message to go forth throughout all the world. And when God says enough, that message, just like it says in Matthew 24, verse 14, when that end comes, what's going to follow? Well, he's referring to the end of the church age. And when that comes to the end with that blessed hope, the rapture, what follows thereafter? Very clearly, the wrath of God, his punishment upon this world. That's suspended. He's not dealing as he should with, with sin. He's giving a time for repentance, for that message to go forth. And it speaks about as well, keep reading verse 25, with the, we might say, the delay, some will say forbearance of God, meaning 
that God simply suspended for a season. What he should do, and that's judgment with, with forbearance of God, in order that first, now the word first isn't there, but that's the implication, that there would be the manifestation of his righteousness in this present age. How good, in Paul's day he's saying, he's lived in the time, his present time, when the righteousness of God was manifested. What's he speaking about? The revealing, through the appearing of the first time of Messiah. When he came into this world, humbled himself, in order that he would go to Jerusalem, lay down his life, specifically on Passover, the day of redemption. If you don't realize that Messiah died on Passover, there's something problematic in your understanding of Scripture. Because several times, it says in the Gospels, all four, he died on preparation day. That is Passover, when the lambs were prepared and sacrificed to be eaten on the first day, the next day, the first day of unleavened bread. Now I say the next day, it's simply in the evening, because with the evening, a new day comes. So he says, at this present time, the manifestation of his righteousness has incurred. For him to be, and he is just, not only has it been shown that he's just, but also the justifier of the one, of the one whom by faith, the faith of Yeshua. So Messiah, he's the just one, but not only is he just, he is also the justifier of the one who does what? Who believes, we have this word, we have the word, of faith, of faith in Yeshua. Verse 27. Therefore, based upon what we learned concerning God's work of redemption, you know, what does it have to do with me? What did I do in, in making redemption? Nothing. Nothing. Messiah did it all according to God's wonderful plan. Therefore, because of that, Paul has a question. Look at it. He says in this text, verse 27, therefore, where is the boasting? And he says, such boasting, such arrogance and pride, everything that can point to me, 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 he says, all of this has been shut outside. It has been removed. It's been done away with. There's no place, in other words, for boasting. Through which law? Well, we know the law of works. That's what some were teaching. Now, the word law here, this word Torah, or in Greek, nomos, can be thought of ha Torah, the law, ho nomos, the law, but this word can also be used to refer to a doctrine, a teaching. So he says, I have a question for you. How is one justified, made righteous? Enter into a covenant with God, a new covenant, a kingdom covenant. Is it by, he says, is it by which law? The law of works, doing enough good deeds, being acceptable? He says, no, but rather through the law, or we could say doctrine of faith. So this is found in the Torah where, here's the third time I've said it today, Abraham's life. Abraham believed in God. That word to believe, lahamin in, in Hebrew, 
the word emunah, faith, is derived from it. So believing and demonstrating faith, the same thing. And faith is simply an agreement with God. Don't think that by our faith that we played a role in our redemption, in our salvation. We have not. We've simply acknowledged what God has done through his son. We believed in that, and through that, one is accounted for righteousness. The righteousness of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, is placed upon us eternally. So it's not through the works of the law, but rather the law, the doctrine of faith. Verse 28, based upon this, he says, we reckon therefore, verse 28, we reckon therefore that, that man is justified. How? By faith. Now, why does he reckon that? And this is a word, by the way, it's where we get the English word for reckoning something. It's where we get the English word for logical. So when you read God's word and what he says, especially in the Torah, in the first five books of the Bible, here we're speaking about specifically Genesis. It's logical based upon what God said to Abraham that man, which man? Any human being. Male, female, Jew, Gentile, makes no difference. He says that man is justified by faith and look at the end here where it says without the works of the law. Now that makes it very clear. One is justified. I become declared by God righteous, not because of any works of the law that, that I've done, or the same thing is true for everyone else. It's apart from the law. That's what we learned as we began our study. So he says here, a man is justified by faith. And notice justified, being justified. It's done to us. It's in the passive. Someone has justified us. We receive it. And another great thing about justification, we see that that verb is oftentimes in the perfect, which means, you know, I've been justified in the past. More than 30 years ago, I've accepted the gospel. That's still true. I'm still justified now and because it's in the perfect, it's ongoing. Now, sometimes the perfect speaks about the future to an unknown point, but it can also speak about eternal consequences as it does with justification. I am eternally justified. That's true in the past, now, and will always be true. So we reckon, therefore, that a man is justified by faith apart, could be without works of the law, separated, same word that we came across earlier from the works of the law, verse 29. He has another question. He says, basically, God, is God the God of the Jews only? Meaning, because God gave for the most part the Torah to Jewish people, does that mean that he's the God of the Jews only? And he says, but no, also the Gentiles. Why? He created the Gentiles too. Yes, he gave to Israel specific calling, but that calling was to be servants. That calling was to proclaim the message of the gospel. For who? All people, Jew and Gentile alike. So he's also the God of the Gentiles. Yes, also, he says, answering his own question, of the Gentiles, verse 30. Since therefore, 
There is one God who justifies who? Who will justify the circumcised, meaning Jewish people? How does he justify Jewish people? The scripture says, from faith, meaning by faith, out of faith, and the uncircumcised Gentiles, through the same faith, by faith. Now, the last verse. He says something very important, and unfortunately, this, from a practical standpoint, is all but ignored by Christianity today. And it's tragic. I believe that is one of the reasons why the church lacks power, lacks the, the perspective to know how to live righteously. Now, we've seen one is not justified. He's not made righteous by works of the law. Does that mean works of the law are unimportant, have no relevance? Of course not. We are called to walk in the Spirit. What did we learn two weeks ago and last week? Those who walk in the Spirit fulfill the righteousness of the law. So we're not under the law. What does that mean? We're not judged by the law. We saw that earlier. One is no longer under God's judgment, under the law. But we utilize the law by faith, being led by who? The Holy Spirit. Now, notice what he says here. Our last verse, verse 31. Therefore, the law is made invalid by faith. Is that what it does? Since I have chosen the way, the doctrine of faith, does that render powerless, deals a death blow to the law? Now, this word is used for rendering something null and void of no effect. So Paul asked the question. Hope you agree with Paul. Hope you understand the biblical Paul and not the one that too frequently people preach, which is incorrect. He says, let's look at it all. Therefore, the law has become rendered void because of faith. What does he say? He uses the strongest term in the Greek language when he says, mi gineto, which means, may it never be. Oftentimes translated by most translators as, God forbid. Never let that thought come into your mind. So, is the Torah rendered void by faith? Meaning it has no longer any relevance? It is useless and should be set aside? What does Paul say? We could understand it. Absolutely not. But rather, here's what he says. But rather, law, the law he's talking about is, you know what it says? It says, it stands. And this word for standing, it means just that, to stand up. It now, here's the imagery that Paul's giving. When someone is called to service, he stands up, he comes forward. That's what it's speaking about. Now through faith, the Torah, these commandments have greater relevance in my life. I understand they are righteous and now being led by the Spirit, under the Spirit's leadership, the Holy Spirit, I apply them, not based upon the letter of the law, but the purpose, the righteousness of the law, I want to demonstrate in my behavior. And the commandments of God, the Torah commandments of God, are helpful for teaching us how to walk in the spirit. Well, I'll close with that. Until next week, Shalom.
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.